It is building. My breath begins to deepen. I can feel that my chest is rising and falling, imperceptibly at first, but the more I try to control myself, the more obvious it becomes. The atmosphere inside the court tightens. Everyone can sense it. The judge is staring at me. Am I imagining it? Or has the jury member in the pink shirt on the periphery of my vision sat up a little straighter, leant forward in his seat? All at once, I dare not look at the jury directly. I dare not look at you, sitting in the dock. I nod, suddenly unable to speak. I know that in a few seconds I will start to hyperventilate. I know this, even though I have never done it before. The barrister's voice is low and sinuous. You're familiar with the shops, the cafes? Sweat prickles the nape of my neck. My scalp is shrinking. She pauses. She has noted my distress and wants me to know that I have guessed correctly. I know where she is going with this line of questioning, and she knows I know. The small side streets... She pauses again. The back alleyways. And that is the moment. That is the moment when it all comes crashing down. And I know, and you in the dock know too, for you put your head in your hands. We both know. We are about to lose everything. Our marriages are over. Our careers are finished. I have lost my son's and daughter's good regard. And more than that, our freedom is at stake. Everything we have worked for, everything we have tried to protect, it is all about to tumble. I am hyperventilating openly now, breathing in great, deep gulps. My defence barrister, poor Robert, is staring at me, puzzled and alarmed. The prosecution disclosed its line of attack before the trial, and there was nothing unexpected in its opening statement or from the witnesses it put on the stand. But I am facing your barrister now, part of the defence team, and your defence and my defence had an agreement. What is going on? I can see Robert thinking. He looks at me, and I see it in his face. There is something she hasn't told me. He has no idea what is coming, knows only that he doesn't know. It must be every barrister's nightmare, something that finds him or her unprepared. Below the witness stand, sitting behind the tables nearest to me, the prosecution team is staring at me too, Treasury Counsel and the junior next to her, the woman from the Crown Prosecution Service on the table behind them, and on yet another row of tables behind that, the senior investigating officer from the Metropolitan Police, the case officer, the exhibits officer. Then, over by the door, there is the victim's father in his wheelchair and the family liaison officer assigned to look after him. I am as familiar with the cast of this drama as I am with my own family. Everyone is fixed on me. Everyone, my love, apart from you. You are not looking at me anymore. You are familiar, aren't you? says Miss Bonnard in her satin, sinuous voice. With a small back alleyway called Apple Tree Yard? I close my eyes, very slowly, 
as if I am bringing the shutters down on the whole of my life until this moment. There is not a sound from the court. Then someone from the benches in front of me shuffles their feet. The barrister is pausing for effect. She knows that I will keep my eyes closed for a moment or two, to absorb all this, to attempt to calm my ragged breathing and buy myself a few more seconds. But time has slipped from us like water through our fingers, and there is none of it left. Not one moment. It's over. <laughs>